Hello everyone, and welcome to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host, Alton. With me, as always, is Reese. Hello! And today, we have returning guest, Roxanne. Hey, Roxanne. Hey, it's me, Roxanne. How's it going? Wow. Number one guest in our fans' eyes, number one guest in our heart, first guest ever on the hey, podcast. Roxanne. I almost you. was a co-host, but then I had realized I had a job. <laughs> Things have been going well, going to furry bowling uh, next week. That sounds like it's going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to see a lot of people who just statistically have already seen it done for. I'm going to, you know, just go up to people and be like, hey, can I borrow $4 for a monster? And I will socially pressure them to buying me a monster because I like energy drinks and I need to go fast so I can bowl good. True. This sounds like a full-fledged plan. So on top of uh, your bowling-related news, I understand that there's been a lot of kobold-related activity in your life. I mean, I've been playing a lot of Tower Unite using a kobold model thing. That's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. It's just an optimal fursona. It's space efficient. You know, I mean, like you can just, you know, storage. Good at traps. Optimal. Good. You can do traps. You can, you know, yeah. just set up, uh, you know, just like a like a pit with a bunch of leaves on top of it. No <laughs> problem. You could, you know, put like a bottle of alchemist fire under a tile. It's great. And uh, anything you read in the, uh, you know, the the monster manual about them is dog shit because uh, the monster manual reads like a phrenology textbook in all editions of Dungeons and Dragons. That's why we condemn the uh, monster manual, which was ghost written by uh, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Jordan Peterson wrote every edition of the monster manual. I think that there would be at least one reference to a chaos dragon in there. Exactly. I mean, I mean, there are chaos dragons and stuff. You know, they're just like, man, fuck these dragons. Making the black dragon chaotic evil. It's like telling on himself. I mean, the important thing about uh, the monster manual is that uh, it's meant more to be used for stat blocks. And uh, if you ever use it to just inherently write orcs as like bad dudes and use that as a source of inspiration, then you're an idiot. And I will uh, dig up Tolkien and fashion his shitty bones into a spear, and I will just kind of like, you know, just really fuck up your bed. Like, your bed's going to get so many holes in it. I'm going to just, like, you're going to be out of the house at work, and I'm going to have, like, the, the the spear arm of Tolkien. That's, oh, my God. You know, I mean, I did that. And I'm just going to really just put a lot of holes in your mattress, and you're going to have to get a new mattress. And meanwhile, I'm going to have a cool spear made out of Tolkien bone, and uh, you're going to have no mattress because I fucked it up with the Tolkien bone spear. Damn. That seems like that seems like a great uh, accessory for your uh, kobold persona. Yes. Yes. Anyway, this is a podcast oh. dedicated to talking about <laughs> the absolute worst of gamers and gamerdom, uh, and hopefully having a good time and laughing about it. So let's move to our first topic, which has been chosen for us by the internet. Uh, recently, more news came out about the Final oh Fantasy God. VII remake coming from Square Enix. And, uh, let's just say the tip... Oh my God. Just take a wild guess what people are mad about. 
Like, just out of uh, guess. Uh, some decisions made on part of Square Enix's ethics department with regards to uh, character design on mm-hmm. one of them, the lead female. They're mad about Tifa Titties being too small for them because they remember them being huge in a game where she had like probably about like as many polygons as you could count on one hand on either side, on like the dorsal and frontal side of her body. Yeah. yeah. Her uh, her breasts definitely resembled like more of a kind of a D twelve. I, I was thinking else. more of a D four. Like it was more just like yeah. a triangle. I mean, you know, maybe rose colored glasses. There is a Kotaku article. What Tetsuya Nomura actually said about Tifa's breasts in the Final Fantasy VII remake? Because you know, this is something that's so important. There are multiple articles dedicated to it. But let's first get into like. And some of them are written with more than one hand. <laughs> god damn it. Nice. Oh my god. But like, here's like this first thing. So apparently there was some article on the Pixel Bay that was like, the original design has Tifa Lockhart endowed with a very busty body, equipped with double with D-sized breasts, thick thighs, and lots of curves. A very beautiful mm-hmm. woman is still in the remake, but you will notice her breast Sounds size like has been deflated to B-size. <laughs> they are. They all are. It just sounds like like you just like just kind of lubed up your throat by just like putting a stick of butter down your trachea I and did. just kind of like set, put on a nerd voice and it was just. I'm not even wrong. done though. This is in no way a deal breaker for the upcoming remake. However, it is a bit concerning that they are listening to the wrong crowd. A small crowd that wants to censor every little thing, and even after getting what they want, they still won't buy the game. And just like, this person is on Twitter, Garrick Wheeler, at Garrick Wheeler, is basically dragging them from having no idea what a size B is, which is very funny. So, the next piece of salt, this person is incredulous that... uh, (laughs) that sports bras have not been included in the Final Fantasy lore... For one, did sports bras as a concept even exist in Final Fantasy VII's world prior to this remake? Never saw it mentioned. Oh my god. I, <laughs> people are arguing against I mean, like, Tifa's sports design, bra for, like, lore purposes. Based around her just having, like, just like a real set of sweater puppies underneath what is basically a sports bra. Mm-hmm. So, like, what the fuck? Alright, now here's the main article I wanted to get into about this whole incredibly dumb controversy, which comes to us from Brian Ashcraft at Kotaku, uh, the gamer's favorite website. What Tetsuya Nomura actually said about Tifa's breasts in Final, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, so who would like to start us off? I will start us off. Excellent. This past Wednesday, like every Wednesday, summaries of the leaked weekly Famitsu appeared online in Japanese. The magazine doesn't go on sale until Thursday, and this week's leaks, along with some insufficient translations, have created confusions uh, of what exactly Tetsuya Nomura said regarding the Tifa Lockhart's body in the Final Fantasy VII Remake. As pointed out by YouTuber Gaijin Hunter, (laughs) who works as a game producer in Japan... Uh, mistranslation of the interview have created uh, misinformation, with some sites reporting that Qu- Square Enix changed Tifa's breasts or even shrunk the size of the character's chests. The Japanese 
language summaries that leaked online didn't have the full exchange, so they lacked the necessary context. Without the context, it's possible to see how much more was inferred and ultimately misunderstood. To recap, Nomura wanted to make her clothing more realistic and her body more sporty, and that ended up with Tifa basically being in a, put in a sports bra so her breasts would be unsupported during intense action sequences, which makes sense. There are no remarks about reducing the size of the character's chest, and here the term shimeru refers to constricting, squeezing, or pulling things tight. It, I translated the word as binding. There's no mention of reduction, shrinking, or even redesigning the character, because Nomura didn't say that. So basically, what happened was, there was a poor translation of this one Japanese gaming magazine that everyone, like, mistook as, like, the internal ethics committee... Internal ethics committee saying that you gotta make the boobs smaller. And then, as predictably, the dumbest people on planet Earth, gamers, got really fucking mad about it. And, uh, I don't know. It was funny for a bit. I think that the my uh, theory about the origin is for the past two decades, these people have had their brains porn boiled <laughs> by looking at the websites that I'm sure you two know about where Tifa is on display and like can't remember another version mm. uh, of of the character. That's actually that's a good point. I think that's a reasonable explanation as to what's happening here. Let me actually just go look up what Tifa looked like in Final Fantasy VII. Because I'm pretty sure it, it, like, it probably looks like three polygons. Oh my god. Who doesn't remember this fucking sex icon? <laughs> oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, it all ties back into love roasting uh, one angry and other, other gamers of his ilk who just need to be like jacking off 24 7 at every moment in their lives and if their video games don't facilitate that they just like have like a crippling anxiety attack and have to lash out online i mean the thing is is that just never be horny online it's it's easy all you have to do is not be like man i sure want to you know just like fucking Put my dick in a bowling ball and then slam Kirby with it like a fucking player. Like you don't need to like do that. You don't need to post it. It's fucking weird. To post it. Oh, oh, Jesus! <laughs> uh, co-signed. I, I've never agreed with anything more in my entire fucking life. And it's like, who cares what most people do in the privacy of their own home with JRPGs? But this has become like such a weird flashpoint of just gamers getting absurdly upset about this misunderstanding that it's just, you know, we had to address it. And we, as, as historians or, or archivists of gamer dipshit lore, mm-hmm. we ha- have to mark this one down. Indeed. I don't know. It's like it serves this function to where they get angry at slights both real and imaginary in this regard. And in this case, it was wholly imaginary. It's like the entire gamer culture is it's just wound up like a spring ready to just fucking release the, the instant there is a hint of boobs being covered up or like the box art changing or just like it's like they're they're waiting for it. 
I mean, that's the thing, though, is that uh, gamers are, by and large, a bunch of uh, horny 20-something STEM nerds. And because of that, it is okay, and actually I wouldn't say okay as much as just, like, encouraged, if not morally paramount, to, uh, you know, just if you see someone playing, like, an Xbox, or, like, you know, even playing Fire Emblem Go, to uh, just kind of go, (laughs) and uh, spit on them. (laughs) <laughs> Legally, you should beat the shit out of any gamer you see, and right. this includes Agreed. you too. So I'm sorry when we meet up mm-hmm. at Denver. Uh, <laughs> Mom is coming home. All I'm saying. <laughs> you heard it here first. Heard it here maybe, first. Maybe not. Get out of race. Maybe it's already <laughs> happened. Maybe it's been in the news already. Two idiot gamer podcasters beaten to death by. Radical cold cool Roxanne. Roxanne. Bed also speared. <laughs> also, I just I, I forgot about that whole bit earlier when I was talking about mutilating Tolkien's corpse to uh, just really mess up anyone who thinks the monster manual is good. Actually, that's right. Um, so the next thing I was thinking about: Do you guys want to cover Steam finally adds official LGBTQ plus tag for games? I think that's good because earlier it would just be a bunch of homophobes tagging it with like fucking psychological horror or whatever. Because, you know, people are just dog shit on the internet and people who own PC games and regularly play PC games are either very chill or horrible people who I will kick the shit out of at Denver. Apparently there was a developer who went on like the Steam internal dev forums and basically requested that they add an LGBTQ plus tag for their game. So previously, in the wild west of tagging, uh, it used to be that users could generate their own tags, and then basically Valve curb stomped all the cool custom tags, and then mm-hmm. made a limited because list a lot of, of them ones. were just like a lot of the tags were just like uh, the developer is an F slur or whatever. Or just like a lot of like really vile shit, and it was more of like to do uh, backlash from the community over custom tags than it was Valve uh, wanting to uh, squelch cool stuff like just tagging all your games with like uh, beat off material or whatever. I was thinking specifically of the Nano Machine Sun tag. Nano Machine Sun tag rules that all that owns. I love that. that was a casualty, an unfortunate. Can, um, can you uh, I think that, uh, tell the story to old man Reese about this tag? The Nano Machine Sun's tag? Yeah. I've got, a, I've got the page up. Nano Machine Sun is expression uttered by the final boss character in a cinematic sequence from the 2013 action game Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. It's the... <laughs> uh, it's like that, uh, that Senator Armstrong guy. It's like, why won't you die? I'm so glad that he gets his heart ripped out. Yeah. (laughs) And um, people were adding that to stuff like Deus Ex Human Revolution. Just like any game that had like related nanomachine plot lines. Well, that sounds dope. And and it didn't work out because the Steam tagging system is total dog shit. Yeah. So basically, from what Roxanne said, I guess that people are also using it for slurs, which, I mean, fair enough. If that's what yes. people are going to do with it, then it probably shouldn't be free reign. But we did lose Nano Machine Sons, the tag, unfortunately. Well, I mean, let me just tell you, I'm I'm looking for a good puzzle game right now, and 
Steam sale because um, I have to, you know, give an offering to Gavin's knife collection. Otherwise, he'll visit me in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And every single fucking game is tagged as puzzle. Oh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Where do you jump? Which rock do you jump to? It's a puzzle. It's a puzzle game. Come on, motherfuckers. I want I want to be fitting blocks in weird ways. There's no tag for that. And I'm pissed off about it. And I'm not going to send Gavin any knives about it. But anyway, I think I, I think maybe we should read this article. Just go through it real quick. Okay, let's let's read the article. Another Kotaku classic from Nathan Grayson. Steam finally adds official LGBTQ tag for games. The process of finding games on Steam has become increasingly driven by a tag system. Mouse over say Sekiro on Steam's storefront page, and you'll see descriptors like Souls-like, difficult, and action. Click on one of those tags and you'll be taken to a hub page for that game category. But that's just the beginning. Steam's algorithmic recommendations are often tag-based, meaning that users' ability to discover new games is, in part, tied to those tags. For these reasons, some Steam users and game developers have taken issue with the fact that, for years, Steam hasn't had an official LGBTQ tag. Yesterday, that finally t- changed, with Valve adding an approved LGBTQ Tag. I'm just going to have to fucking do that every time. It's going to be wonderful with my dyslexia. After a developer once again shined a light on the issue. While users and developers have always been able to add their own tags to games since 2014, the tags in rotation have changed significantly in recent times. According to official documentation shared with Kotaku by an anonymous developer, Steam now runs on a global set of hundreds of approved tags. The game's top 15 tags determine which pages the games will appear on. The documentation says tags also inform algorithmic recommendations across Steam, which tend to focus on, on grouping up games according to overlapping tags. For example, when I log into Steam, I immediately see the platform's top carousel of recommendations, which currently suggest I should purchase Daisy because I've played games tagged with action, open world, and survival. Smaller games live and die based off of that kind of discoverability. These days, developers' tags carry more weight than those of users, and developers now have the ability to remove tags, which is fucking excellent, given those, what Roxanne has told us about what users have fucking done before. They did that they did. They did on day one. Yeah. Something that has not always been the case. Uh, but there's an entire other article when Steam tagging goes wrong, uh, which I'm assuming goes in more into depth mm. into that topic. But anyway... Users can still tag games with non-approved tags, but that information is not visible to other users, and Steam doesn't use those tags as part of its algorithmic sorting. So basically, those custom tags are completely useless. On top of that, last year Valve apparently removed hub page functionality from non-approved tags, seeming as a part of a broader effort to standardize the tagging system. This left devs who had previously custom tagged their games with LGBT out in the cold. Quote, with Steam straight up deleting our LGBT tag, this is a great reminder to put your past and future games on competing platform itch instead if you haven't already, said one developer on Twitter at the time, including a link to the official LGBT tag on the itch.io platform. Valve made no response to the issue at that time, but now, a year later, there's an official LGBTQ tag on Steam. It got added yesterday after an independent developer named Yitz creator of hand-drawn RPG Nepenthe, an upcoming visual poem to the Dark Tower, raised the issue on the Steam developer forums. 
They recently realized an LGBTQ plus tag would make perfect sense to do for the Dark Tower, only to discover that there wasn't one. Quote, we are trying to inter interpret a few strange lines in the poem my game is based on. A uh, child rolling to the Dark Tower came by Robert Browning. When we figured out that by interpreting the entire poem as a medieval-era gay man debating if his love is worth potential sacrifice, a number of contradictions that experts found could be easily resolved. Yet said on a, in a Twitter DM to Kotaku, quote, This would have been just a curiosity had we not dug deeper and found that the author, Robert Browning, was almost certainly a closeted bisexual and at the time he wrote it was dealing with almost the exact same problems as his fictional narrator internally faces. So that's pretty tight that there's a video game made about uh, a bisexual poet from the medieval ages. That's awesome. That rules. Uh, upon realizing this, Yitz contacted Valve directly about the lack of an LGBTQ plus tag, but to no avail. Quote, we are open to approving new tags on a case-by-case -case basis that makes sense as attributes that can be applied to at least a few games. Valve said to Yitz in an email, which Yitz showed to Kotaku, quote, If you have something in mind that isn't already a, a public tag, please let us know in the Steamworks discussion. So Yitz went there and started a thread explaining his situation, quote, I thought it would be appropriate to add an LGBTQ plus tag, or at least a diversity tag, he wrote in a private developer forum thread, which has been viewed by Kotaku, quote, To my great surprise, such tags are not given as possible option, neither is anything similar. The closest you get to a diversity tag is female protagonist, which, while nice, is a very limited subset of what both developers and players are looking for when talking about diversity in games. This generated discussion, not all of it positive. If you enjoy a game purely for the fact that the protagonist is LGBT, then you don't really enjoy that game, replied one developer. What fucking it's bullshit. Also asked for yeah, uh, 100%. Yitz also asked for advice from queer game dev friends just to make sure an LGBTQ tag wouldn't cause more headaches than it's solved. In an ensuing Discord discussion, other developers brought up valid concerns. For one, trolls will almost certainly misuse it, they said. If you look at Steam's political and politics tag, for example, they're often applied to games that simply involve some element of representation, no matter how small. One developer asked if an LGBTQ tag would attract similar trolls. It doesn't matter if it does, replied uh, Nohua, a developer, a developer currently working on a farming adventure RPG called Freyer. You will have those forever. I was thinking about the opposite happening. Someone buying my game and getting upset there is gay stuff, said another developer, Eric Shader, creator of The Endless Empty a surreal post-life adventure with earnings donated to the Trevor Project. That sounds interesting. Yeah, definitely. Post-life adventure. A ghost, a ghosts. It's the, it's the ghost RPG. Gay ghost RPG. <laughs> now that sounds awesome. An organization providing suicide prevention services to LGBTQ uh, youth. It's a fucking mouthful, isn't it? LGBTQ+. It, it plus. is. Uh, but uh, it uh, and I'm sure you know it's very flattering to fumble over it every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> others raised further issues. People might, for example, try to use it as a marketing trick and apply the tag even when their games don't contain any uh, LGBTQ plus subject matter. 
but those are weaknesses of Valve's current system, and they don't change the fact that a tag makes it easier for people to find and purchase games about those topics. People are going to be shitty no matter what, said Nuhua in Discord chat. The tag is important. Despite Valve's silence on the subject over the past year, a Valve employee responded to Yitz's steamer thread quickly and said the Valve had added the LGBTQ plus as a globally approved <laughs> tag with the fresh hub page as evidence. It's currently pretty underpopulated due to the relative lack of people who know it exists, but it's there. Kotaku reached out to Valve for more information about why it only chose to add the tag now and not at some other previous point, but did not hear back as of this publisher. <laughs> what a shock. You want to take us on home? Sure. Yitz thinks the change stands to have big ripple effects, and he's happy he was able to contribute. Tags like this are important because of what Steam tags are currently being used for, classifying games by various factors that will impact the player's experience, and recommending games with similar tags to players who seem like to like a lot of a given tag, he said. As such, tags are sort of an equivalent to visibility. In a way, if I enjoy a lot of games tag psychological horror, for example, which Briefly, uh, interjection. That is what a lot of people tagged, like, uh, a lot of uh, gay games uh, a while ago. And uh, that was kind of shitty. But, you know, they made more stuff. But, yeah. Uh, For example, Steam will show more psychological horror games. If I want to play more games that challenge traditional gender roles, until today, Steam had no way of knowing that. Yitz was pleasantly surprised by how quickly Valve took action. And he hopes this this trend, a new one for Valve, to say the least, (laughs) continues in the future. Don't get your hopes up. The needs of players and developers are determined by us players and developers, and we should try to be more proactive in asking for change, he said. I'm glad that Steam responded so quickly to this request, and I hope they continue to be more open about changes in the future. No, they won't. It's a multi-quadrillion dollar company that I fucking despise. Buy all your games on itch.io. Delete your iTunes account and only listen to Vaporwave on Bandcamp. Lose yourself. As good as this is, and I do think it's really good that Steam has finally added these tags, and now we can start, like, you know, if you're actually interested in those topics then it's much, much easier for you to find related games, which it's just fucking shitty that it wasn't there from the start. And I kind of agree with one of the comments down below. I would take actually a more cynical perspective on this, but I think, uh, let me read out this comment. So this comes from Mate. You know why this happened? It is because by complete chance, a Valve employee with admin privileges in the tag system happened to see the Steamworks thread and thought to themselves, sure, why not, and added it. There's no Steam does thing, which implies that the management behind the store has chose to do something. There is no management behind the store. No one is in charge. Valve is a complete and utter circus, and so is their storefront. And I think uh, maybe while that might be a little bit harsh, I'm inclined to agree. I 100% agree, and I think that's very, very astute, because if you you read, like, Glassdoor reviews of what it's like to work at Steam, it just seems 100% bananas, where you're just toiling away on, you know, quote, you know, what you think is important, and then, like, the the people in charge will come to you and get angry that you're, like, you didn't read their mind, or you're not applying yourself to this, and so you're just, like well, let's talk about what I should apply. And then they get angrier. They're just like, no, it's your job to just do whatever you want. And it's just like this crazy feedback loop 
of you know you just getting no feedback and them getting angry at you because they don't feel like talking to their employees. So I and also I, I because it's ran by someone with a knife collection, but <laughs> not by the guy who made the knives. Unless you made the knives, uh, knife collections should be illegal. <laughs> we should we should we we should confis- forcibly confiscate your knives and put them in a volcano. No, I'm going to be 100% honest here in a more perhaps sincere way than Reese, but probably not as sincere. And I'm going to say that, uh, you know, uh, Gabe Newell has uh, absolutely punched a hole in a wall within the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That, that, I believe that it. is 100 percent. That is true. And it was about Dota 2. Like, because because he lost the game. <laughs> he lost the game. Oh, my God. Fucking Viper didn't do his job. Ah! And he like, punched his knife into the wall. <laughs> he punched knife punching. He just spent like five minutes aligning like the knife like a nail and then just punched the bottom of like uh, the knife and nailed it into the wall. Right in the pommel. Like, ah! 100%. Uh, I just wanted to say before we move on that I purchased the anime visual novel game Danganronpa. Mm-hmm. And ever since I've done that, Steam thinks I am a depraved anime pervert <laughs> and is always serving up, uh, oh, you know, titty slider puzzle games, which, you know, I appreciate it. Get the puzzle part right. I want puzzle games. Give me puzzle games. Not not fucking Donut County, which is a great game, beautiful art, great music, but there's no puzzle. It's just you just slide the hole around and, and it's fall the hole. That's the whole game. There's no puzzle. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Reese, accept my friend request so I can buy you something vibe. Oh, you fucking Jesus Christ. I literally just checked my Steam. I'm now the proud owner of Furry Girl Puzzle. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I expect a full uh, kind of like essay length. Uh, we're we're going to do, do a premium episode reviewing... It's all by each other's terrible games and then get really into speedrunning them and then regroup in like a month. I've added Furry Girl Puzzle to my library. Alright, you're speedrunning that. You're going to become the number one speedrunner of Furry Girl. I'm going to kill myself. Oh my god. (laughs) Alright, it's moving swiftly. (laughs) Swiftly along. So, I think we can take a break from the more serious topics and discussions and move on to one of our favorite punching bags on the entire internet, One Angry Gamer. Oh boy. I'm angry and I game hardcore every day of my fucking life. And he has written an absolutely fucking terrible article. So this comes to us, as I said, from One Angry Gamer. Mortal Kombat 11 tops May NPD charts allowing SJWs to win dot 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 for now. Uh, so basically this article is him getting extremely fucking mad that the whole get woke go broke thing. Well, what do you know? It turns out to be complete and total horseshit. Because, uh, obviously, the fact that, like, the female characters in Immortal Kombat 11 wear clothes, like, actual clothing instead of just, like, nothing like they did in the original, is cause for to call it SJW. Mortal Kombat, of all things. Mortal Kombat had like a lot of controversy surrounding it. Um, the like the not the you know the gamer controversy of the lack of clothing, and then also 
you know, the the deplorable working conditions that we talked about in a previous episode. And nice. also there, there was uh, an article I read that to help them make the fatalities, they exposed some of the artists to like gore and that gave them like a bunch of like, you know, fucked up traumas. Yeah. And despite all of this, it's wildly successful. Nobody cares. That's what we have to always kind of underscore is that most of the purchasers of video games like are blissfully unaware of this hellscape and just like, oh, you know, I know Mortal Kombat. I'll buy that. Oh, but I want to read this article to you. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because it is is amazing. I know, you've been chomping at the bit. The fucking brain worms on display are just like fucking Dune level. Just, oh my god, we gotta, we're gonna read this without rhythm so we don't attract the brain worms. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Let me get into this. Mortal Kombat left the hallowed halls of hardcore gaming to enter into the cistern of cultural debauchery where other franchises have been stored for keeps by the social justice usurpers when it abandoned its... Can I just interject real fast? That does sound like every Disney, like, aristocrat villain. <laughs> it does. The cistern <laughs> of cultural debauchery by the social justice usurpers. <laughs> oh my god. When it abandoned its roots to embrace left-wing identity politics. However... The brand was still big enough to rope in longtime followers and diehard fans alike. This was proven by the fact that the game managed to top the NPD charts two months in a row, due in part to brand name recognition, as well as the fact that nothing notable released in May. And then they have the chart. And I just like, that first couple sentences, just like, oh my god. It's just like, who does this person think he is? Just like the fucking, I don't know, like Snidely Whiplash? Just like curling his mustaches and cursing those darn SJWs? Oh my god. If this guy was a real gamer instead of a fake horny gamer, he would be celebrating Team Sonic Racing cracking the top 20. Because that's that's the only good Sonic game are the racers. And we we all need to be celebrating that. Uh, Mm. It's our duty. Oh my god. So then they get into this and they're just like clutching at straws where they go, As you can see, Mortal Kombat 11 chopped the charts. However, there's a silver lining to Mortal Kombat's victory. Everything was down compared to 2018, from game sales dipping by 11% to PC sales dropping by 13% and hardware being down by 20%. Total dollar sales, blah blah blah, are the lowest for new releases in May months since 1998. To put that in plain old English, while the SJWs may have taken a victory with Mortal Kombat 11 being at the top of the sales charts, the dollar value was exceptionally low, meaning that NetherRealm Studios won by default from people basically not buying much else throughout May, especially with the anorexic blah 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 It's super weird to me that he referred to the lineup as anorexic. Mm-hmm. That is, like, really strange imagery to be talking about video game sales. 
I don't know. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's the good, another good part, not just him trying to like imply that all of this low sales was because of SJ, the SJW somehow. Um, but at, right at the end, he goes right back to his mustache twirling. Sadly, most people weren't made aware of the game's SJW elements because the media worked hard to bury the lead, along with fanboys and shills. The desexualized females, oh my god, was only covered by a couple of outlets and a few YouTubers, while Jack's woke ending was downplayed or passed over save for some anti-SJW content creators making people aware of it. For the most part, a lot of people bought into the swidgism because not many people were willing to talk about it, which is exactly what propagandists want. The best way to brainwash people is with as little opposition as possible. The whole Jax oh thing God. was fucking amazing, by the way. The Jax ending where he went back in time to stop the transatlantic slave trade and people thought it was like he only saved the black slaves or something. Just fucking I, brain worms the size of galaxies it's it's honestly amazing to me what's amazing about this whole article is that this guy like does this for a living and i'm sure it's, but like can't even like tacitly admit that we're at the end of a console generation which impacts pc game sales and there's just not a lot's going to come out to the the new garbage they want to sh- stuff down our throat um, but it's, it, it's the SJWs who are causing, you know, games not to be released until the PS5. So this guy who wrote it, Billy D, which I'm sure is like a pseudonym, but look at his fucking avatar. Oh, this wasn't one. I, this wasn't the angry gamer himself. I have no idea. If I look at it directly, I age five years. <laughs> Billy D, uh... <laughs> he picked fucking a picture of rorschach holding like a beer mug or something it's honestly hard to tell uh i really love when people just willfully misunderstand the watchman in my presence this is that's something that doesn't break my oversaturated media brain oh <laughs> uh, i fucking when somebody says rorschach is their favorite character it's just like a fucking red flag basically so, for the top comment on this article, I just wanted to point this out, is from centrist equal rebranded SJWs. <laughs> I'm going to lie down forever. <laughs> and then his entire post is just like conspiracy theory, like red string on a board, just trying to prove that somehow the game is failing. They are just like so fucking mad. Oh, okay, I made a mistake looking through these comments, because the next top comment is from Lolly Antagonist. Okay. I'm going to I'm fucking... Jetpack has been deployed. I'm fucking out of here. God damn. Thank you, One Angry Gamer. Uh, friend of the... <laughs> your contributions to our content. Indeed. What would we do without you and your amazing audience? Uh, probably generally have a higher quality of life day to day i would agree yeah probably probably live like our full lives without worrying about like what absolute dumb bullshit the gamers are getting into now uh and not having our eyes subjected to fucking a recolored rorschach holding a beer mug 
Biodiversity would be up 20% across the planet. Um, mm. Just uh, tens of thousands of ravaged rainforest would not have been cut down. They'd grow uh, back. If we, if we didn't have one angry gamer. Like, the, the planet would slowly start to heal. We'd have another 30 years to solve climate change instead of 10. I think 7 is more accurate. Oh boy. We're getting into depressing territory again. So let's get into happy territory. So, yeah, let's do something completely non-political and absolutely very cool. So, this comes to us from Game Informer, which is, uh, uh, because of growing tensions, the U.S. government has banned League of Legends in Iran and Syria after imposing major nice. trade se- sanctions. You know, just a little non-political story. Oh my fucking god, my favorite response to this, this tweet from Game Informer is, comes from Liam Tomb Fan, and he says, keep politics out of games. <laughs> Which, oh my uh. god. And that's basically all there is to the story. It's just League of Legends has been banned in Iran because I don't fucking know. On the article itself that it links to, I enjoy that comments are like, I didn't know there was in Iran. I thought technology just stopped being developed at the border. So yeah, anyways, oh, what, what I'm saying is, is that, hey, Iranian, play dota underlords together um i'm getting into it i beat uh the medium bots one time let's have let's be friends i feel like we should just give league of legends to iran as a form of advanced psychological warfare just like airdropping usb drives with like fucking league of legends in it in the same way that like america planned on dropping all of those shitty guns over like occupied france Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until this moment, Alton, that I suspected you of working for the Pentagon. But after <laughs> suggesting that giving Iran legal, I think you're up to some dark shit. Um, I think that I'm on to you. The Geneva Convention hasn't kept pace with technology, and forcing somebody to play League of Legends should be a, considered a war crime. Completely. I mean, that's that's how uh, the CIA tortures the people at renditions. It makes them play duos bot lane. <laughs> Until they get to gold. We're ending on a kind of a sad, sad note. Where it's like, yes, we can laugh at these people, but we are laughing at them while hurtling towards imminent destruction of our environment and the Middle East. Yeah. So, cool. Loves cool. to die and be in hell. <laughs> I've, I've seen nothing to prove that this isn't so far. Unless Bernie wins, then hell yeah. Bernie would have won. Bernie will yeah. win. Bernie, Bernie will outlaw MOBAs. He will outlaw, outlaw Battle Royales. The only game available. Wrong Battle Royales are the only game that exists. Fuck you. I'm leaving this podcast forever. <laughs> well, okay, listen. The Battle Royales are only good when you play them the way that Roxanne and I play them together, which is we duo up in Apex Legends. Uh, both of us are extraordinarily bad at this game. And, and you uh, just get hype just, as hell for the third person and just start you screaming. You just yell at the third person. <laughs> Jeremy, Simon, Jeremy, I need you. Jeremy, I'm dead, but you can <laughs> Jeremy. Just talk the entire time. Trust your bond, Jeremy, 69. You get mixed reactions. <laughs> that Sometimes sounds amazing. Are like, it's honestly the only way to play Fortnite. The only other gaming session that I've had with Roxanne... Uh, was when we did the Space Station 13 Vord server. 
uh, and I Which ate was, 40 mice. Uh, a delight. It was a treat. I, I waited till we were in the escape shuttle, and everyone had to look at images. Eight dozens of mice as they all <laughs> screamed upset at me. <laughs> and on that note, Roxanne, where can people find you and your great contributions to the discourse on the internet? I'm uh, on Twitter at, uh, at SnugCrow, but Twitter's a bad website. Follow me on awoo.space forward slash at SnugCrow. If you want to see real shit, if you want to see me and my fucking, like, not putting on an ironic facade and instead just being like, man, you know what would be cool? Being a lizard. That sounds dope. Reese, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me uh, getting mad at dipshits at your very good bud on Twitter. Excellent. I've I've seen <laughs> there's like this uh, quote unquote journalist and Andy. How do you pronounce his last name? Ngo. Ngo. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm white. No, Andrew. No, maybe. Okay. I think. And uh, yeah. He's got milkshaked and punched a lot at an Antifa rally, and uh, Reese commented on the thread, and uh, the dumbest people um, on the internet have been extremely mad at him ever since. And you know that they're healthy was when you sign off with, you, you tell them that you hope them and their wife have a good evening and they have like a massive meltdown on their timeline about how you're threatening them and all <laughs> should report you. That's how you know you're interacting with normal people. people on- yeah, that's this is definitely a good idea that I do this. <laughs> well, I salute your brave posting efforts, Reese. Uh, and you can find you. our official Twitter at Vigatwato and you can find our website at Video games are the worst.pinecast.co. You can find me at 8alton8 on Twitter, and you can find our VODs and my YouTube channel at Alton Plays. And until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth is supported by our lovely patrons over on Patreon, including Robert Miles, still waiting on my Vigatoto branded bathwater Patreon award, aka Conky, <laughs> Nine Citrine Winters Beautify the Heavens, aka Noxseeger, Nate M, number one, Higgins the Seagull, Nick Rubin, Nathan Melby, Robert M. Fenner, Tholos, Kyle Reederman, Eggs, Tom Devan the Video Game Man, Jack Sammons, Dissonant Dragon, Brandon Carey, and last but not least, Jordan. Thank you so much for supporting the show, and we will see you all again very soon. <laughs>